The Suns sending us in to Thanksgiving weekend with a win over the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road, 120-115, 14 straight. Where does this Suns team's streak rank? Where could this Suns team rank? And we got to celebrate Devin Booker's excellence yet again. All coming up for you right away on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. Today's episode of Locked On Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single weekday morning. This week, next week, and every week here on Locked On Suns. You can follow us on Twitter if you don't already at Locked On PHX Suns. Catch us everywhere. Help keep us free. That is what listening does on YouTube at the Locked On Suns YouTube channel. We cleared the threshold. I actually need to find the person's name who won an award, <laughs> won this rally towel because they were in the because we got to 500 subscribers and they were the winner of the random selection. So I will get that for you all right away. But we have a lot to get to today. So. Um, let's start things off again, 120 to 115. Here's what I want to do today. 14 straight wins. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm watching this game. I'm looking forward to Turkey on Thursday. I am looking forward to pie. I have two Thanksgivings because my wife's family and my family both live in the Valley. So, and then another one on Friday. So I am, uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there was not a ton new to glean for me from this game. And so, because of the occasion of the Suns tying the record of the 92-93 Suns for the longest win streak since then, third longest total in franchise history, I want to take a minute here to talk about where this team could potentially rank. I also want to talk about Devin Booker's big night, and then we'll close things out with some bench observations as per usual with the bench mob vibe check we'll do some other fun tidbits usual recap segments in that final closing portion of the show as well but um i have the name of the guy on youtube first because i i totally forgot on friday or i'm sorry wednesday to tell you guys who got the rally towel purple valley proud towel from opening night i did a random number generator i went to that numbered subscriber on the YouTube channel. I'm giving you guys my process so you know it was random. I will pay for shipping. I will pay for it all. All I need is the address. So if your username on YouTube is Roland2Night, night spelled N-Y-T-E, Roland2Night, please DM me on Twitter or email me or comment on this video or whatever you need to do to get a hold of me so that I can get your address send it to you, and keep the ball rolling. We're past 500, so we're going for Kelly Oubre. That's 1,000 subscribers. Kelly Oubre could be yours. Wave, jacket, Converse sneakers, AirPods, man bag, all of it. All of it could be yours if you go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Roll in tonight. Please get at me so I can send that to you. 14 straight games, tied Charles Barkley's Suns for the third most in franchise history, third longest streak. The Suns are, I'm looking on Instagram because our fabulous um, 
social media fellow um, put this together for us. So 20, 2006 at the beginning of the season, I believe, was, uh, I'm sorry, at the end of the 05-06 season, if I'm remembering correctly, 15 straight wins. At the beginning of the 06-07 season, 17 straight wins. So the Suns can eclipse that in the not-too-distant future. They are knocking on the door, which gives us the opportunity today to really put this team into context. So 15 of 18 games, of course, would be an incredible winning percentage over the course of a full 82-game season. This puts them on pace so far for 68 games, uh, 68 wins. I'm not going to go ahead and say that they're going to be uh, pushing the you know dynasty warriors in terms of record here. I don't quite expect that. But my prediction was 54 wins, and I feel pretty dumb right now. They are. I've talked about how Chris Paul is 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 saving his energy and how he's starting to show us what his aging curve might look like. You know, we're getting so many different performances across this team, which is something I also want to talk about. They're able to win, and it doesn't look that hard. And I guess that's probably why, coming off of this win over the Cavs, I didn't feel like I had a ton new to really break down in terms of what they're doing, how they're doing it, and how they're winning because. It doesn't look new. It doesn't look challenging a lot of the time here because they are just that good. And I actually want to talk about that a little bit as it pertains to the bench here too. But 54 wins sounds pretty low to me. I talked in my Tuesday show about the Suns proving once and for all that they are a top tier, top circle NBA contender. There's really no denying that. I don't know why they are still, you know, around the top 10 of contending teams in terms of championship odds, but I blame dumb voters for that. And where this team ranks all time, I mean, I have I've sort of always maintained the 92-93 team and the 06-07 teams, which not coincidentally are the teams, two of the teams in the top three here in terms of uh, win streak records. So that's not a surprise. Those have always been my two best Suns teams. I mean, you obviously probably have to throw in 2010 in there just in terms of the fact that they made the conference finals and were a couple of wins from potentially, you know, having a real shot at a championship. Probably have to throw some of those other Nash teams in there. But the 06-07 team, you had Peak Barbosa, you had Stoudemire back, you had Nash obviously still at the peak of his powers. You just had depth there that really was putting it all together. So it's hard for me to crack that far, frankly. It just is. Like, I hold that team in such reverence, and if the Hori hip check hadn't happened, I always say Hori. His name is Ori, I guess. It's a it's a weird name. Apologies that I make it sound dirty. Um, 92-93, I mean, they're literally in the NBA Finals. But... In terms of record, that 06-07 team was 61 wins. The 92-93 team was 62 wins. Um, so I guess my answer was not that creative, putting those two at the top. Those are two of the only times that they've cracked 60. Long story short, the Suns are on pace for 68. Even if they fall short of that, they're probably going to clear my 54 and make me look like an idiot. So where they're looking to potentially finish is as a result of this win streak, as a result of their depth, as a result of their cohesion as a team I don't think it's too early to say this team genuinely could finish 
with the best record in team history. That's the type of group that we're looking at. That is the type of memories that could be made this year. I personally am thrilled to continue to watch it. It is perfect that we are doing uh, a win recap on our way to Thanksgiving because it is, of course, something we all have to be thankful for. Two crappy years in almost every single category other than Valley basketball, but these sons have been that sort of shining light. So um, I'm sure many of you are echoing that sentiment, appreciative that this group is doing this before our very eyes. Three awesome tests coming up for this team, Knicks, Nets, and Warriors. Of course, I'll be right here recapping all of it, but that is where we are headed. Win number 14 in the books. I want to talk about Devin Booker, who made 67%, made two-thirds of his freaking shots tonight, Made scored 35 points, and like the Suns did as a team, made it look effortless. I'm not saying beating the Cavs only by five is some sort of thing to celebrate and, you know, take a load off at the end of the night as a result of, but they they didn't, they just didn't execute. They kind of played with their food. They were going to win this game the whole time, and a big part of that was because of Devin Booker. So let's get right to it. First, though, betonline.ag is celebrating Thanksgiving just like the rest of us because we all know what Thanksgiving means. Football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than any holiday season on record. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Not only football, guys, but also college basketball. If you are like me, women's and men's, tons of top 10 matchups, top 25 matchups throughout the day. So head to that new updated desktop or mobile app for Bet Online. Make an account today, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a fifty percent welcome bonus. That's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a fifty percent welcome bonus straight to your account. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Devin Booker, he needed a night like this, in my personal opinion, because he is so consistently excellent. He has become such a good decision maker. He's fixing some of the only remaining holes in his game by cutting down the turnovers and making and taking more threes. I've been breaking down those parts of his game, but he had been lacking this sort of, you know, exclamation mark type of night, and he gave us one today, a vintage classic first quarter from Booker. He did not miss a field goal. He stayed in for the entire first quarter, which early in the season he was not doing. He's been doing it more lately with some of those all-bench units. And then, rather than checking out and getting a rest, he actually stayed in the game for the first couple of minutes of the second quarter. However, he missed, I believe, at that point and probably realized, hey, this whole uh, 100% from the field thing is pretty cool. Going for 50 might feel pretty cool, but I got to save my body for the rest of this regular season, the rest of this road trip. And so he did take a seat. He only actually finished with, let me see here, uh, 39 minutes, which is on the high end as a result of that, but didn't crack 40 and could have, as I always, almost always say here, could have skipped the fourth quarter if the Suns had put this team away. Although that's not Monty's preference and they only have nine guys anyway, which we'll get to. So maybe, uh, maybe that's fool's gold, hoping that book can actually rest, but Nevertheless, you don't rest when you're playing like he was. What is there to say? I mean, this guy, first of all, the Cavs, because of their weird lineups and some of the injuries that they have, are playing really big. So uh, they have Isaac Okoro at the two, 
Dean Wade at the three slash Laurie Markinen. That's their forward combo. And then Jared Jarrett Allen at center. They also were only playing nine guys. And that meant that Laurie Markinen was guarding Chris Paul. And in a lot of possessions, Dean Wade, who, if you didn't know who that was, I don't necessarily blame you, was guarding Devin Booker, it felt like, more often than he should because the Cavs were switching a ton on top of playing so big, which makes even less sense. That meant that Booker was able to cook those guys. He started things out with a deep, deep uh, catch-and-shoot three, which has been a wonderful, blossoming part of his game. Not only the range, but taking more of those shots. He was two of three from deep tonight. And then just in his bag. I mean, it... It really, like, I'm not going to sit here and try to to just deconstruct every single piece of this because it didn't necessarily leap out. I mean, it would have been nice to see him go for 40 or 50, but 35 points on 21 shot attempts, two-thirds of your field goals going in, I mean, that's what Devin Booker's game is. That's, that's who he is, and four turnovers to three assists, maybe the one nitpick you can have, but... This guy's special. I mentioned the combo lineups that he's playing with now where, you know, Cameron Payne is out there with him, Cam Johnson is out there with him, and JaVale McGee is out there with him. And those lineups are killer. They might have Mikhail Bridges, might have Landry Shamit, and Book is able to really, you know, stretch out his wings as a playmaker. That's been a through line we've talked about time and again so far this year the three-point shooting, the defense is just, it's so funny how the defense is just not even something that you really talk about anymore when it comes to Devin Booker. Like he's just so consistent. I'm not trying to say that he's, you know, a stopper or he's going to make an all defense team anytime soon. There's still some limitations, you know, as an athlete and energy that he's able to expend because of how much he has to do on offense. And of course, you know, um, he doesn't have to be great, right? But he's so good. He can't. I can't. I can't just let it go under the radar. And he looks like he's primed for his third straight All Star game. I would like to see the points per game go up. I mean, that's just a raw number that maybe is a little silly to look at. He is per thirty six at twenty four point seven. Like, I think that's something that can go up. But at the same time, the Suns have just been so damn balanced. I mean, that's the best word for it. So balanced this year, where. You might have there were there been wins this season I think where the where no sun cracked twenty points and with how much more assisting he's doing as well, you know maybe that's where the shooting ends up or maybe that's where the scoring ends up maybe it is around twenty two twenty three a game but he has five assists and five rebounds as well and is continues to build that two point percentage like that's I know I'm I'm just sort of dreaming right now and and waxing about Devin Booker so I hope uh, I hope I'm not too far off here, but look, as I said, I don't like letting him slip through the cracks when I'm talking about game after game after game. There are just days where you have to sit back and just say, this guy is a stud. He is still getting better. He is learning. He is a chess piece that frankly, not many teams in the NBA have. So tonight was really that punctuation mark, like I said, on a great, great season once again for him. Scoring will go up after 35 points, as will the Suns' record. Let's close the show as we almost always do, talking about the bench, the bench mob vibe check here. 
And we'll get to that in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Built Bar. You have basically T-minus 48 hours from when this episode goes up to take advantage of the most wonderful Built Bar time of the year, Black Friday. Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays. New limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal all coming your way all weekend long. Do you want high-end deliciousness at a discount? Well, this weekend is for you. All throughout Black Friday weekend at Built Bar, get at least 20% off anything and everything. Let me repeat that. Anything and everything at Built.com when you use the promo code LOCKED20. LOCKED20. Just to give you a sampling, in case that's not doing it for you. New flavor, Ruby Chocolate Puff. That's marshmallowy goodness. Ruby Chocolate, a unique type of chocolate on the outside of this. You also have Lemon Dipped Cheesecake Puffs. If you love lemon cheesecake, you will love this bar. Tangy Lemon Sweet Cheesecake and a marshmallowy puff all covered in chocolate. And one more for you, the Built Crave Bar. A Built Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free by any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars, Built Crave, for free. Built has finally done it, coming up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to the bar that claims to satisfy, if you know what we mean. Caramel-flavored chocolate loaded with peanuts. Give it that nutty, chocolatey, oh-so-sweet candy bar taste, but only 160 calories and stacked with 17 grams of protein, so staying healthy, staying protein loaded as Built always does. Again, that's 20% off Built Bars, two free Crave Bars, all of it at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost. Built Boost. Built.com, promo code LOCKED20. Closing out the show here, Bench Mob Vibe Check. Talked about Booker's 35 points. Chris Paul plus 23, which actually leads us right to the bench because what that means is the 16 minutes that Chris Paul was not in the game in a five-point win, the Suns were outscored by 18 points. So the bench did not cover itself in glory tonight by any means. I don't want to start there, though, because the raw numbers actually show you 27 points for Johnson and McGee. Really what it was is when campaign was in the game was when things got off and he shot three of 11. This was not his best night. So that would be kind of mean. I'm not going to pile on the guy and they won. So it doesn't really make a difference in the end. Payne is coming off two very good games. This players are allowed to uh, underperform on any given night. I will give them uh, the benefit of the doubt. What I do want to talk about, though, is where you're seeing this nine-man rotation start to, um, I don't want to say hurt the Suns, but I was talking about Devin Booker's minutes, 39, Cam, uh, sorry, Mikhail Bridges, 34 minutes. He played, I believe, 38 in the last game on Monday against the Spurs. It seems to me like you're going to have to have one of the starters playing 36-plus minutes every night if you're going to play this nine-man rotation, even if you're doing your best with Johnson, McGee, and Payne in this game, all playing 20-plus minutes, part of that was only because Aiton was in foul trouble. So, you know, Aiton would probably have been in the 30s as well, if not for his foul trouble. You still have Nader out. You still have Kaminsky out. The Kaminsky thing is not over anytime soon, clearly. 
and the Nader thing I'm starting to worry about because it's being treated as injury management, which sounds like rest man or load management, which sounds like rest. And that does not seem to be what it is because this is now his third game missed and you don't sit guys for three straight games and overexert your other players in a nine man rotation during the regular season just for rest. Um, especially knowing that Nader is a guy who's had knee problems in the past, who has had health problems in the past, having this looming and, and costing him three games is not great. And frankly, the longer that it continues, if you're looking at a situation with Kaminsky and Nader both out, I don't think it would be crazy to think that the Suns have to make a pretty serious consideration of an early trade. You want to hold, you really want to stretch out until December 15th because that's when players start to become available. So I would think nothing happens before then, but you're just running out of bodies and the Suns clearly don't want to play Jalen Smith or Ishwain Wright or Chandler Hutchison. So that's what we're seeing with the bench is a little bit of an overextension of the starters night to night. I mean, Booker, Bridges, Aiton, if it's those three guys, look, the minutes are fine. You know, Aiton maybe is somebody you would worry about a little bit. You probably don't want to push too hard there because of the injury that he just recovered from. But if it's Booker or Bridges getting 36 plus minutes, I think those guys have shown they can handle it. Both guys have been healthy for basically three years running now without a single problem. So I don't, I guess the hamstring with Booker over the offseason, but um, I'm not worried about those two. I am worried if you start to get into game 30, 40, 50, 60. And these things are still happening where the minutes are really high. You don't have the depth that you want because this is such a strength of this team is their depth. We know that the Tory Craig piece is sort of what they're looking for. You know, Dario Saric is probably going to come back. Um, if Kaminsky and Nader eventually do recover, those guys are perfectly fine to play, but you can't necessarily roll with this. And also the last thing I will say here on this note is as this win streak continues, I mean, as the Suns push for franchise record and then, you know, you start to, after you get to franchise record, then it's, okay, can we get to 20? After, if you get to 20, I mean, I'm very much ahead of myself. There are two huge games against the Warriors coming up in addition to that Nets game. Those are going to be massive tests. If they get past that second Warriors game, they'll already be past 20. So all of that to say, we know how these things get. We know what happened when the 2016 Warriors were pushing for this. Um, the 15-16 Warriors that won 73 games, they had the win streak. We know those Rockets teams that had the original one, the Heat team, that one year that pushed for it, I believe that was the 12-13 team. Um, you overdo it a little bit, right? I mean, everybody around that Warriors team it's an excuse. There's a ton of reasons that the, the Warriors gave up the 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. But the big one, in the Warriors' words, is that they pushed so hard for 73 games. The Suns aren't going to get 73 wins. They have already lost, you know, a third of the total games they would be allowed to lose. I doubt that. Or not, we're not going to talk about that. But if you push for a win record, if you push for a win streak, you... You, you pile up minutes and, and an intensity level that you aren't used to, I think. And so very much getting ahead of ourselves, but it is just something to make note of and something to keep an eye on because I would push for it if I'm the Suns. I'm, I'm in no way advocating for not pushing for it. What, what I'm only acknowledging here is they're already running a thin rotation 
and they're going to start to pile up intensity and minutes and energy and physicality as these wins tick by because teams are not going to want to be one of the uh, murderer's row or why get murdered row, the murdered row of teams that lost during a big old win streak. So that's sort of where my mind is going as I watch these minutes, as I watch this bench rotation. And uh, last thing here, Landry Shamit. I really, this was sort of the thing I was mentioning a minute ago in terms of everybody getting theirs. On a deep team, I think it's going to be interesting to watch and might need some sort of um, facilitation by Monty Williams and Chris Paul to get everybody going. I mean, we we were all, you know, high on life when Cam Johnson had his career high the other night. We've seen big games. I mean, JaVale McGee is going to get his. Campaign is coming off two big ones. But you think through Crowder, Bridges, Ayton, Cam Johnson, and Landry Shamit and Campaign, like, those guys, you know, it's going to be very uncommon for all seven of those guys to be excellent and productive and incredible all together in one game, right? So I think the sacrifice part is by no means an issue. I'm not concerned that those guys don't know how to fill their role in sacrifice, but in terms of rhythm, in terms of confidence, in terms of um, feeling involved, everybody touches the ball, everybody gets shots in this offense usually, but you know, what happens come May, or I guess in this season, it'll be April when, you know, somebody hasn't had a big game in a while or somebody hasn't had a hot shooting night in a while because everybody on this team is so good um, that they, you know, have been missing out. It's going to be, it's a very much a, you know, NBA first world problem, so to speak, but it's something definitely that I think happens to great teams and something that a great point guard like Chris Paul and a great head coach like Monty Williams are already probably having their eye on and, and will as the season continues. But a lot, I don't know. I don't know why I can, I could do, I could do two Locked on Suns episodes a day about the freaking bench. I don't know why it's so fascinating to me. Uh, maybe I just like shiny new toys, but that is what it is. And uh, I know you guys clearly are okay with it because you come back every single day. Again, on that note, thanks for making Locked on Suns your first listen. No show on Friday, folks. I'm taking the day off. Not going to record an episode on Thursday. I will be in a food coma in all likelihood, dealing with family, dealing with all of that. So back Monday, we'll have to have the Knicks and Nets games to talk about. Probably going to be some some pretty good basketball. So enjoy the weekend, enjoy those games, and I will be back to recap all of it at the beginning of next week. <laughs>